the Tucker Putin interview, President Putin explained how Russia has sought peace with the West ever since the fall of the Soviet Union. I recommend watching the entire interview, but here is my short edit. After 1991, when Russia expected that it would be welcomed into the brotherly family of civilized nations, nothing like this happened. Yeltsin came to the United States, remember, he spoke in Congress and said the good words, God bless America. Everything he said were signals, let us in. Yeltsin was immediately dragged through the mud, accused of alcoholism of understanding nothing, of knowing nothing. He understood everything, I assure you. I became president in 2000. I thought, okay, the Yugoslav issue is over, but we should try to restore relations. Let's reopen the door that Russia had tried to go through. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing president, Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. I repeatedly raised the issue that the United States should not support separatism or terrorism in the North Caucasus. But they continue to do it anyway. I once raised this issue with my colleague, also the President of the United States. He says, it's impossible, do you have proof? I said, yes. I was prepared for this conversation and I gave him that proof. He looked at it and you know what he said? I apologize, but that's what happened. The CIA replied, we have been working with the opposition in Russia, we believe that this is the right thing to do, and we will keep on doing it. The third moment is a very important one, is the moment when the US missile defense system was created. I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system, but our proposal was declined, that's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. And now I come to the main thing, they have come to the Ukraine ultimately. In 2008, at the summit in Bucharest, they declared that the doors for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO were open. Viktor Yanukovych came to power and how? The first time he won after President Kuchma, they organized the third round, which is not provided for in the constitution of Ukraine. This is a coup d'etat. The US supported it and the winner of the third round came to power. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup and it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbas in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. This is an attempt to stop it. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today,
realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Listen, you have said that the world is breaking into two hemispheres. A human brain is divided into two hemispheres. One is responsible for one type of activities, the other one is more about creativity and so on. But it is still one and the same head. The world should be a single whole. Security should be shared rather than meant for the golden billion. That is the only scenario where the world could be stable, sustainable and predictable. Until then, while the head is split in two parts, it is an illness, a serious adverse condition. It is a period of severe disease that the world is going through now. See the whole thing at TuckerCarlson.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I'm not perfect, I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com, and that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gates. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Third hour of American Journal has begun. I'm very happy to welcome my guest, Alex Newman. He's an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, and consultant who seeks to glorify God in everything that he does. He's with us today to talk about his new book, which was endorsed by Alex Jones. It's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. You can find it on his website, libertysentinel.org, or you can find Alex Newman on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. The book is on Amazon, and again, it's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and how to stop it. Thank you so much for joining us once again, Alex. Thank you so much for having me, Harrison. It's great to be here. My pleasure. And uh, I'll hold off on asking you about some geopolitical things because I know uh, you you have your finger on the pulse of geopolitics more perhaps than anybody else uh, that, that we talk to on a regular basis. But this book I'm intrigued by, first of all, because you get into the history of how the schools got to where they are now, but you also have prescriptions on how we can fix it. Uh, just g give us a rundown. Why did you, why do you, why do you see this topic as so important that this is what you've dedicated your time writing a book about? I know you, I mean, whether it's religion or the green scam, we had you on, you know, live from, uh, the, the COP meeting earlier last year. Why is education the focal point that you focus on in this book? 
Well, I think the main reason, Harrison, is that this this is the issue that transcends all the other ones. It, it's not the sexy one. It's not the one that's going to capture you know the top headlines on the front page of the newspaper. But it is the issue on which everything else is going to rise or fall. Uh, right now, depending on whose numbers you look at, depending on what state you're looking at, they have something like 75 to 80 percent of our children. In some states, it's even higher, up to 85 percent of our children in these institutions. And they have them for five days a week for between six and eight hours a day, sometimes longer, you know, when the when the kids participate in the after school program and things and things like that. They've got them for at least 12 years, oftentimes more than that. If you start in kindergarten, you're talking 14, 15, then you've got college. I mean, we might be talking 20 years here that these children are being subjected to this indoctrination. And all these other battles that we're fighting, I mean, they're critical. You, you and I both know this, Harrison. We have to protect our gun rights. We have to get the border under control. We have to get get uh, the United Nations out of our business. We have to uh, protect free speech, right? Uh, I'm working now with uh, Citizens for Free Speech. It, it, these are all really, really critical issues. We have to fight on them. But the reality is if they brainwash 80% of our children, and make no mistake, they're brainwashing right now about 80% of our children, every single one of these issues, we're going to lose. We're, we're, they're going to get our guns. The border is going to stay wide open until there's no country left. Uh, the Congress is going to keep spending us into bankruptcy. The wars will continue. The new world order will emerge. And and the worst part is for, for the individual is you're going to lose your own children, folks. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've got data now from the Nehemiah Institute, something like 80 percent of Christian children from Christian homes who spend 12 years in these indoctrination centers. They're going to leave the church. They're going to leave the faith. Uh, you look at my generation, Harrison, I think you're also a, a millennial, which I, I know is kind of embarrassing to admit. Everybody just assumes you're an idiot for obvious reasons. Right? Right. But um, but you look at our generation and, and they, they did a scientific poll on this just a few years ago. It was commissioned by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Seventy percent of us are going to vote for socialists. So I, I try to tell people we have to take some time like we're doing right now. You know, there's a lot of headline news. It's important. People need to be informed on these things. But we have to take a little bit of time and say, all right, what's going on in the background that's maybe even more important? And if the indoctrination, the dumbing down and the sexualization of our children is not more important than pretty much everything else, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell people. So this issue is critical for you as a parent. It's critical for us as as communities, as churches, and, and it is absolutely critical for us as a nation. If we lose this battle, everything else is for nothing. All we're doing is delaying the inevitable. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And it, it also is something that people are so woefully uninformed about, even though it's happening to their own children. I've had this experience in my personal life, and I know I've talked about it on the show a bunch, but it was such a such a bizarre situation for me where we had friends of ours whose daughter was in kindergarten who comes home start and starts saying she's a boy and talking to the mother of this little girl. She, it was just so obvious she had no idea what the hell was going on. She was just like, I guess, I guess she's a boy now. Like she was confused. She didn't get what was happening. And, you know, I, I sort of felt uncomfortable about it. But what I wanted to do is just like yell like your child is under attack. You need to rescue them from this attack that they're under. So I think, I mean, above everything else, it's like your family, your children are under attack by this. And they don't even know until it, you know, is too late in many cases. How do we get through to those people before it's too late? How do we prepare people for what's going on in school so they can somehow protect their children from the influences that they don't even know are, are assaulting them on a daily basis. I mean, that's why I see this as, as ultimately important is because 
the people that it's affecting are totally ignorant to the underlying philosophy that's guiding elementary schools in this country. How do we get through to those people before it's too late? And that's why I wrote this book, Harrison, because you're absolutely right. You have the, and I think part of it, you know, I don't want to deflect responsibility here. Parents are ultimately responsible for the decisions they're making, but there's this tendency to not want to see these things because it's going to require a sacrifice. And so I, you know what, I started telling people a decade ago that they needed to pull their children out of government schools. I never went to a public school in America. I've been overseas almost all my life. So I came back and saw this dumpster fire and think, oh my good, how could this be happening? So about 10 years ago, I started telling people they need to get their children out of school. And I have heard every excuse in the book. And the ones that come up more often than probably any, uh, you know, there, there's a handful. And, and I have these same conversations with pastors, and they've got their own excuses. Maybe we can talk about those, too. But the parents say, well, I know it's bad, but I'm going to unbrainwash my children during dinner, right? Every right. night we're going to have dinner together as a family, and I'm going to ask the children what they learned at school, and then I'm going to tell them everything they learned is wrong, and here's the truth. Why would you send your children for eight hours a day to learn something that you know is wrong and then think that you can unbrainwash them 30 minutes at dinner while everybody's playing on their smartphones? I mean, it's, it's, it's foolishness, frankly, but a lot of people believe they can do this. Uh, you have another where people say, well, I know it's bad everywhere else, but my school district is good because Aunt Sally works there. And, uh, you know, I know one of the members of the school board, he goes to my church. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure the principal is even a Christian. So I, I know the whole rest of the country is is going to hell in a handbasket. But my little local school district is quite good. And, and this sentiment is almost ubiquitous, not because it's true. They're all putrid, right? E even the ones that are A districts, they're A districts because they're better at brainwashing your kids, right? Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's not a, a, an indicator of a successful school. But parents want to believe. And I think the reason why, Harrison, and I know there's a lot of people listening to us right now who are thinking, whoa, is that me? They don't want to make the sacrifice. They know that pulling their child out of school is going to be a big responsibility. They know it's going to require some changes in their lifestyle. Maybe one of the parents is going to have to stop working or, or work different hours. It's true. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to deny that there's a sacrifice involved in educating your children. There is. OK, uh, you just got to get comfortable with that. But the price you will pay if you don't do this is unspeakable. And in 2019, Harrison, I traveled across the United States of America on a speaking tour on this issue of education. We call it the Rescuing Our Children Tour. Uh, I spoke, uh, I did 150 talks more or less in I think four and a half, five months uh, across 44 different states. Now I've, I've gone to you know, many different countries to, to share this information with people. And almost every single time, almost every single time, they, I, I've lost count by now, it's, it's just so many. I had parents come up to me afterwards crying. Dan, uh, why didn't I know this? Why did I send my, my children won't talk to me anymore. My children say I'm a fascist. My son chopped off his private parts. My kid is a communist revolutionary. My kid is homeless. My kid committed suicide. My kid uh, is a homicidal maniac. My kid is a heroin addict. Why did this happen? Well, they didn't know. Why did they not know? because they didn't want to know. This information is not secret. Uh, yes, it's difficult to find, but it's there. And parents, if you're not willing to make the investment in, in learning these things, when the future of your children, their hearts, their minds, their souls are on the line, uh, you know, I, I probably can't help you, but I'm telling you, you're gonna end up just like all those parents who have come to my talks over the years, bawling about the fact that they lost their children because of this and wishing that they could do something different if they could do it all again. 
It's basically not worth the risk. It's not worth the the risk of saying, well, it might not happen, so, you know, we'll let him go to school. It's like, is that really the, the risk you want to take? My my only problem with that is that it is inconvenient. It is, in some cases, large, like almost impossible for some families. Like if you're not well off and can't afford, I mean, public school, uh, private school is extremely expensive. So, you know, I, I have more like sympathy for like, hey, I got to send my kid to school. It's, it's free. I, I don't have any other choice. And I can't, you know, reshape my whole life for this. I, I get what you're saying that it's like, look, do you want your kid to come home a purple-haired transgender, like, uh, you should make whatever sacrifice necessary. I get that, but at the same time, you look at at th- things that have happened even in the recent past where you have, like, in Loudoun County, I mean, they reshaped that whole school system, and it was the outrage of the parents because there was some lesson on slavery they didn't like. And so you had parents going and shouting down and demanding change, and they get a thing put in place. It's like, how do we inspire that? Where are our groups of parents getting angry and going and demanding that they stop teach teaching kids these things because I don't want my kid being taught these things but I don't want any kids being taught these things is it more important to try to protect your kid from this indoctrination or is it more important for us to collectively get together and demand that we have a say in our our school system and actually reorient the school system towards something that we like or is that just a, a political impossibility at this point because I I would much rather see the parents of these kids get mad, go to the school board and demand a change in curriculum, demand that the teachers that are pushing this stuff get fired. Like, is is the activist side of this just not even worth pursuing in, in your estimation? Uh, very good questions, Harrison. And there's several things you mentioned I want to break down. And, and starting off with, you know, it's a risk. Yeah, it, 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 to call it a risk is is like the understatement of the century. This is like handing your child a loaded revolver with five rounds in there and one empty and saying, here, try it out. Point it at your head. Let's do Russian roulette. That's going to be fun. There's a chance your child will make it out, right? Some kids do, uh, especially kids like me who don't pay any attention in school and, uh, you know, got kicked. I got kicked out when I was in 10th grade, right? So it didn't affect me much because I didn't come to class. And when I came to class, I wasn't paying attention. And so praise the Lord, I got out okay. And also I went to a, a very fancy private schools growing up. But uh, it, it's a risk of the most enormous and, and with the most catastrophic possible implications. And now uh, to address the second, well, the second part of your statements there, Harrison, yes, it can be difficult to do it. And, and you know what? I, I know uh, I've got five children. I got one more on the way. Uh, I, my wife does not work. She homeschools our children. And so we live off my meager income. And you know what? We survive. And I tell people I would sooner live in a cardboard box before I would send my child to this ridiculous indoctrination camp. And I would, I I would live in my car. I I would drive a, a, you know, 40 year old car that was falling apart. I would live in a slum before I, I would make any sacrifice necessary. And I mean, any sacrifice necessary. There is nothing anyone could do. Now there are that tiny handful of people I've met. I think two families who are under court order to send their child to government school. Maybe there was a a nasty divorce and one parent wanted homeschool. The other one wanted government school. So there is, you know, that tiny sliver of families that cannot do it. But for the most part, I've seen single moms working two jobs, homeschool. In fact, my my wife and I have helped families like that. Uh, We actually have a a fundraiser coming up at Mar-a-Lago in March for a, a ministry that I lead as a volunteer. It's called Public School Exit. We've got a little scholarship fund. We will help genuinely low-income parents 
to do this if necessary. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association has a scholarship fund for very low income families that want to homeschool. Almost every Christian school in America has a scholarship fund for low income people. So where there's a will, there's a way. If our goat herding ancestors a thousand years ago could find a way to educate their own children without daddy government, we can certainly do it in the most wealthy and prosperous society that humanity has ever seen. I, I recognize the sacrifices. I don't want to minimize them. I live them every day. I know they're killing us with inflation. I know our salaries are not keeping up with the, the crazy money printing that's going on. They're wasting our money on wars. I, I know all of it because, again, I, I live it, and so does everybody else who educates their own children. And then the last point that you mentioned, Harrison, and I think this is critical. In fact, this is probably the single main reason I wrote the book, because that's the temptation. Well, if I go speak out at the school board, or if I go run for school board, or if I go lobby my legislatures, and so I, I end the book with a metaphor. The last chapter, chapter 22, uh, right before the afterword, where I sketch out a vision of what does a real education look like, um, I, I make the analogy, and it's quite an inadequate analogy, but I make the analogy of the government school as a burning building. And so your children are trapped inside this burning building. They're, they're burning to death. You can hear them screaming. You can smell it. I mean, you, we all see it, right? We mm -hmm. all see what's going on here. Your children are trapped inside. What is your first response as a parent? And, and if you argue, you know, signing a petition or, or running for school board, I'm afraid you probably don't have kids because when your children are burning, you run in the building, you run as fast as your legs can carry you in the other direction, and then you wake the town. But honestly, this is much worse than a burning building. Harrison, because a burning building, it'll hurt you physically. It might even kill you. But what they're doing to these children is, is not just physical. I mean, we've got these children castrating themselves. We've got these little girls having uh, hysterectomies, double mastectomies, uh, abortions. They're shooting each other. Suicide is now one of the top causes of death for children in America for the first time ever in right. human history. So they are destroying these children physically. They are killing these children in a very real sense. But they're also destroying them emotionally and mentally and spiritually and academically. Uh, and so this is much worse than a burning building situation. And so what I do in the whole uh, beginning of the book, the first like five chapters, Harrison, is give the history of this. How did we get here? Because there's this pervasive, pervasive mythology among conservatives and among Christians that there was a golden era of public education and we need to go back to that. Uh, and everybody's got a different point of where it went wrong. Was it, you know, the, when they created the Department of Education? Was it when the Supreme Court kicked God and the Bible out of school? Was it, uh, you know, when John Dewey introduced his progressive reforms? The reality is, and, and I document this beyond a shadow of a doubt, I mean, way beyond just a, a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the people who built this system, from Robert Owen, the guy who first proposed it, to Horace Mann, the guy who brought it into Massachusetts from Prussia, to John Dewey, the guy who seized on this architecture with Rockefeller money to weaponize it and further dumb us down and further indoctrinate us. Every single one of them had subversive purposes. And so when people say the schools are broken and we need to fix them, I say they're not broken if you understand why they were created. They were created, and again, we can prove this. I've got the primary source documents. They were created to turn your children away from God, to turn your children away from their parents, to turn your children against their country and against the principles that the country was founded on, and to dumb them down so that they wouldn't ask a lot of questions of government or their corporate overlords, so that they would turn the screw in the factory like good little serfs, and when the bell rings, move on to their next assignment without philosophizing about statesmanship or rights and things like this. So when you understand why the system was created, 
you realize it's working pretty darn well. They're getting, you know, 80% of our children, maybe 90% of our children, depending on what district, it's working very well. And so when people say, well, we just need to reform it, we're going to run for school board and, and we're going to fix the system. For me, that's like saying, um, you know, I, I'd like to reform my cancer, please. I, I don't quite like the shape of my cancer. No, you, you don't want to reform your cancer. You want to get rid of your cancer because it's going to kill you if you don't. That's, that's good. I like that metaphor too. I, but I like the I like the burning building metaphor because that I, that is sort of how I see it. Where it's like, okay, getting your kid out obviously has got to be the first priority. But then you don't just take, get your kid out and sit there and watch the rest of the kids burn. You want to actually try to put the put the fire out, which is which is uh, you know uh, a balance that I don't see everywhere. But that obviously your book tackles. Again, the book is called "Indoctrinating Our Children to Death: Government Schools' War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It." It's available on Amazon. The author, Alex Newman, is with me. You can follow him on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. There's a great write-up of the book in The New American. And they talk about, uh, you know, they, they list out the assaults that we're facing. They say from transgender propaganda, drag, uh, drag queen story hours and pornographic sex ed for elementary school tots to critical race theory and communist socialist indoctrination for high school and college students. Uh, you know, among, amongst other things, amongst other horrible poisons being poured into the ears of our children. Why, why the sexual stuff? Why is that so pervasive right now? That's one of the things that I think throws people for a loop because it would never even enter their mind to think they need to protect their kids from sexual perversion in elementary school. But clearly that is a major issue. And then on top of that, obviously, you've got now even red states, uh, Missouri, I think it was, where they're going to take they have. They took a little girl away from her parents because they didn't want to let her transition, and she wanted to. So now she lives with a foster family that's happy to help her transition. So, again, it's like, I get it. It's not worth the risk because if your kid falls for this propaganda, the state will come in and actually remove them from you, making it impossible for you to, to save them whatsoever, like like bolting them into the uh, burning building, you know, for, for all of time. So... Why the sexual stuff? How does that play into it? Why is that such an overwhelming focus at this point? And how do we how do we get through to parents that this isn't just about acceptance and tolerance? It's about something much deeper. Why the sexual stuff, Alex? I, I'm so glad you asked, Harrison, and I'm quite sure we're not going to have time to cover it before we go to break. But this is critical. And in fact, I devote two full chapters to this subject in the book, and I touch on it in other chapters. The first time I can ever find this kind of perverted sex stuff coming into an education system is actually in communist Hungary. Uh, mm. Over 100 years ago, during the Bela Kun regime, they had a vile communist terrorist named Georgi Lukacs. And he came to the conclusion that and many other communists came to the same conclusion that the biggest obstacle to progress from their point of view was Christianity and Christian morals. They understood that as long as people were attached to this idea of the family, to this idea of monogamous marriage, to this idea of uh, the nuclear family raising up children and, and passing on their faith, passing on their values, they understood that communism was not going to make a lot of progress. So Georgie Lukacs was the uh, commissar of culture and education in this vile mass murdering regime that didn't last for very long, by the way. And he experimented with the idea of exposing them to outrageous sex stuff 
from the time they were in kindergarten. So he was doing puppet shows where, where these puppets are doing things you can't even describe uh, on a broadcast. Uh, so right. I won't get into them, but horrific, horrific things. And his thinking was, hey, if we can break down these children's inhibitions, if we can get them to think this stuff is normal, they're not going to get a wife or a husband and settle down and have kids and pass their values and civilization on to the next generation. They'll become a blank slate for us to write on. And so you had, you know, Freudo Marxist uh, uh, Communist Party members uh, really taking these ideas and running with them. Now, George Lukacs eventually ended up as part of what's known as the Frankfurt School, which was imported to the United States by the Rockefellers, by John Dewey through Columbia. University, where they promoted this propaganda through the whole country. Now, fast forward a few decades, you've got a guy called Alfred Kinsey. Uh, he should be well known to everyone, but he's not. He was a, and I'm usually a really nice guy, Harrison. You know me. I don't normally say bad things about people, but this guy was a monster disguised as a human being. Uh, without getting too graphic, he did sex research, and he, he covered his results in a book called Sexuality in the Human Male. And actually, your people who are watching can see it on the screen right now. And you see this table. They were abusing babies. Harrison. And they concluded that these babies were enjoying this and that therefore babies were sexual from birth and that they needed to get them in the sex craze from the moment they could get them. So they figured this was a good way for breaking down morality, breaking down the family so that they could then brainwash these kids. And we're not going to have time to get into the transgender stuff. This really gets into breaking down people's fundamental identity. Who are you? Well, you're not an American. You're not even a boy or a girl. Can you can you stay with us to the other side of the breaks? I would love to get more, more into this. Okay, we're going to be back with Alex Newman. The book again, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It is available on Amazon. You can follow Alex on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U, LibertySentinel.org is also the website. We're going to get back on the other side and talk, uh, pick it up where we left off. It's, it's uncomfortable, but it needs to be talked about the way that sexuality is being perverted in an effort to break down the individual and form them into a, a communist mass. We'll be right back. I was recently on the air in a two and a half plus hour interview with Elon Musk. And he was talking about the globalist plan to depopulate and destroy our families and destroy civilization. I said, what do we call it, Elon? He said, I don't know. And I said, what about team humanity? What would you call the debate and discussion about a pro-human future, just team humanity? Yeah, team humanity, absolutely. He said, yeah, let's call it team humanity. Well, I had the idea then to make the shirt. We've got two different limited edition variants of it, Team Humanity. And it's got the image of the nuclear family, Team Humanity, Infowars.com, 1776, 1776 worldwide. On the back, it says Team Humanity. This is a great conversation starter. It's a great way to discuss Team Humanity versus the globalists. We get obsessed with sports and all these different groups to distract and divert us and make us tribal. But aren't we really just humanity and a pro-human future versus the globalists and you will eat the bugs and their deindustrial program. You will eat the bugs. If you stand against the open borders, the end of sovereignty, and the transgenderism, and the new world order, and the technocracy, and, and hearing that the age of humanity is over, then you are on Team Humanity. Get the limited edition shirts now at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a great conversation starter. You'll have amazing things develop, I predict, if you wear it out in public, and it keeps the show on the air. It's a fundraiser. So the only way this fails is if you don't go to InfoWarsStore.com and get Get your Team Humanity shirt right now. And it's not the only limited edition shirt we just put out. We just put out one more. And that shirt is incredible. My own new design. 
a red, white, and blue Gadsden rattlesnake flag, 1776. It's got the InfoWars flag. It's got the American flag. It's got the establishment of InfoWars. This is a great shirt to identify yourself as a patriot with others and to link up with other folks and to let the leftists and the globalists know we're on the ground and we are powerful. So both the new 1776 Gadsden flag shirt and the two different variants of Team Humanity shirts, limited editions for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com. You get the new 1776 Gadsden shirt, red, white, and blue, original design, and get the new Team Humanity shirts. And I thank you all for your support because you are on Team Humanity. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraisers to sign copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. I'm not perfect and I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have and we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gates. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. My guest is Alex Newman. He's, he's probably one of the most in-demand thinkers on these topics uh, that's out there right now. So thank you so much, Alex, for lending us your, your time and, and extending this interview a little bit because I really do think it's important to dig down into the history of this, uh, which you do so well. The new book that Alex has just published is called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it at libertysentinel.org. And, you know, you, you, you didn't want to say some of the things that they did to kids with people like Alfred Kinsey and the Frankfurt School, but people need to understand how far this goes. They need to understand what misery the government is willing to inflict on people in pursuit of these bizarre and perverted aims. And one of the best examples that people bring up quite a bit uh, it was called the Kintler Project. I know you're familiar with this, and I, I'm sure a lot of our audience is too. I think you talked about it with Alex last time you were on with him. And this is where they gave children to pedophile men. They would say they should go to foster, their foster parents should be pedophile homosexuals because we want to break down the, the family. And you ask, why? Why would they want to do this? What would be the impetus to doing this? And when you look into it, you see it's all about 
not just stopping fascism, that's the excuse that they use, but remaking humanity itself. So this is from the DW article that goes into excruciating detail about this. And an important thing to understand about this Kentler project is they weren't just taking orphaned kids. That would be sick enough, right? Kids with no parental figure that are just desperate for some semblance of, of stability in their lives. And they're sent off to be sexually molested for the next 18 years by uh, pedophiles uh, with the permission of the German government, that would be awful enough as it is. But when you look into it, you, you realize that it's not even orphan kids. It's kids that are with their parents, that the state comes, takes the kid away from the parent, and then indoctrinate the kid into hating their own parents. And the misery, uh, the, the, it, it is truly heartbreaking to imagine a mother just trying to get their kid back and their kid is being programmed in real time to despise their own parents and to reject the love of their parents in favor of some pedophile that they live with. It's truly beyond description. But they say Berlin authorities placed children with pedophiles. The Kintler Project in West Berlin routinely placed homeless children with pedophile men, assuming they'd make ideal foster parents. A study has found the practice went on for decades. But when you ask the question why... They say this, I do not think in a society that was more free about sexuality, Auschwitz would, could not have happened, the German legal scholar Herbert Jaeger said. Sexual emancipation was integral to student movements throughout Western Europe, but the pleas were more pitched in Germany, where the memory of genocide had become inextricably, if not entirely accurately, linked with sexual primness. So basically they want to fight fascism. They say fascism relies on basically sexual morality, so if we break that down then we'll avoid fascism. This has to be one of the most far-fetched concepts I've ever heard, yet they're destroying lives based on this. But it goes even deeper, and I'm sorry I'm sort of rambling here, but yeah, and I'm sure you know all of this, but you know the audience needs to, needs to understand what this is all about because it's not just about stopping fascism from rising again. It's about recreating human nature itself. They say there's no question that they were trying in a desperate sort of neo-Rousseauian authoritarian anti-authoritarianism to remake German slash human nature, working to undo the sexual legacy of fascism. So this is about literally breaking down and reformatting humanity itself as a whole. And I think once you wrap your mind around that, it suddenly makes sense that you have things like Brave New World where they had the sex play with little kids. It was about destroying the actual human impetus, which is the ultimate goal to get people to deny their own deep. I mean, there's nothing more deep seated than our genetic desire to procreate and to pass on our genes. Yet, yet that's what they're trying to undo. That's what they're trying to work around. It is a full scale reimagining of humanity itself. Is that is that what's going on in our schools as well? That's exactly what's going on. And, you know, th this whole concept of using fascism as cover for these types of things, it is deeply embedded in the school system. In fact, we have a whole chapter on the Frankfurt School. A lot of these ideas were pioneered by a group of communists in Frankfurt who were imported to the United States by people like John Dewey with help from the Rockefeller dynasty. And one of their big claims to fame was this idea of the authoritarian uh, father, right? They, that fathers in America were these authoritarian figures and that that was uh, conducive to fascism. And so they came up with this idea that they had to emasculate the men. Of course, they didn't believe that this was going to cause fascism. They believed that quite properly uh, men would defend their family. 
men would defend their children. Men would pass on the values from earlier generations, their faith, their history, their culture, their traditions to the next generation, that men would protect their wives. And so they wanted to break down the family. They wanted to atomize the individual. And so they came up with this idea of the authoritarian personality that uh, fathers, uh, protecting their families, uh, fathers guiding their families needed to be uh, attacked and and absolutely destroyed. And so that's what we saw starting in about the 1930s and 40s. This idea started pervading academia, and then it ultimately worked its way into the schools. And what you see today, this th there, all these agendas intersect, right? You you have, for example, queer theory which is actually just a descendant of critical theory, which is the purview of the Frankfurt School. This is a, a Marxist concept. They realized that the class warfare idea was not gonna work in most places. Antonio Gramsci pioneered this, and they figured out that what you really needed was Marxism through the culture. You needed to destroy the family. You needed to destroy the religion, the church, and the cultural institutions. So they came up with this idea that they should wage total warfare on the family through sex ed, and now we see critical theory, right? And, and this is now embedded in every element of the school curriculum, and it takes different forms. So they tell the children, for example, and, and I know you know this, Harrison, well, you're an oppressor. Your ancestors came from Europe. You have white privilege, and therefore you're bad. Uh, you, on the other hand, you have slightly darker skin. You're a victim, right? It's standard Marxist play. You divide society up into oppressors and oppressed. And then they tell the children with lighter skin, and this is especially effective with the little girls because, you know, they really don't want to be perceived as oppressors. They tell these little girls, hey, your ancestors came from Europe. That means you have white privilege. That means every bad thing that ever happened to somebody with darker skin is your fault. But... You know, you could also be an oppressed victim if you were to pick, uh, say, a, a letter from the alphabet. You could be an L, you could be a G, you could be a B, you could be a T, you could be a P, right? A P is the next frontier. So critical theory and, and, and queer theory, which is a descendant of critical theory, as is critical race theory, holds that children are being sexually repressed, that heteronormativity is oppressive, and now they have indoctrinated an entire generation of school teachers to believe that they're doing good by trying to destroy heteronormativity. So they're telling these little girls that they could be oppressed victims if they pick a letter from the alphabet. And I mean, it, it gets really, really sick here, and I, I don't know how much I want to say on air because I, I know you're on the radio. I don't want to get you in trouble, but they're arguing, and, and they have done this openly in their own essays. So this isn't me connecting the dots or going into the smoky rooms as a fly on the wall. They have argued that restricting children from having relationships of a sexual nature is oppressive. And they have said quite openly in their own essays that the ultimate goal here is to normalize and legalize sexual relationships between adults and children. They want the individual completely isolated, completely alone, broken down so that the communist this cult can then rebuild them in their own image. And after the transgender madness, you know, you can transcend your own sex, your own gender. Well, next up is transcending your own humanity. That right. gets us into the subject of transhumanism. But folks, this agenda is deep. It's really dark. Uh, we can't talk about it all in the air because some of it is so sick. But folks, uh, it is it is evil beyond what you could possibly even imagine. And when they run around the streets chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, you need to take them real seriously. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of evil things going on in the world. But man, when you really look into this stuff, this the history of it, the things that they were doing, because again, the Kintler Project, that was back in the early 80s they were doing this. So we've had 40 years of so-called progress to get to where we are now. Like you said, evil doesn't even begin to describe it. Uh, we have one more segment on the other side. 
And I want to ask you about the churches, where the churches are, how the churches were so neutered and have have really chosen to remove themselves from this conversation, when in reality, they could be such a powerful force against this. I want to know how how we recruit Christians in this country into actually putting their faith into action, understanding the real world consequences of sending your kids to a, an atheistic government school. On the other side with Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org, indoctrinating our children to death is the new book. You can find it on Amazon. Protect your kids, protect your faith, protect this world. All I do is research, research trends, and I see what is having the best effects, what is having the best reviews. So a couple years ago, I saw different formulas out there that are known to create compounds in the blood that flush out the body and that create what they call vasodilation, opening up the arteries, opening up the veins, which is so important, not just for young people, but especially older people. And so then I had Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's such a renowned scientist and a whistleblower. She said, I love your formula. It's one of the best out there. And so this product, Nitric Boost, became a bestseller. Well, we decided to soup it up and make it even stronger. So it's the original formula, just a little bit stronger. Now Nitric Boost is available at InfoWarsStore.com. Because the problem was the supplier we had couldn't supply enough. We were selling out very, very quickly. But now we've got a big supply of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship at InfoWarsStore.com. And when I talk about vasodilation and the nitric oxide is a potent vasodilator meaning it can help relax and widen blood vessels this can lead to increased blood flow and improved circulation which is critical to various body functions so ladies and gentlemen it funds the info war it's an amazing product so we have the new and improved super powerful nitric boost back in stock, ready to ship for 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a true win-win. This has the very same effect as some of the male enhancement things out there, but totally naturally. This does it in a natural way, and not that I need those products, but I've tried them. I've been to the doctor. They give you a prescription of it, and I've tried the top brands, the two top brands. And I'm not even trying to say that's what this is. That's off-label. That's not what this is even for. This is a supplement. But it is incredible what it does for your body. So get this amazing product now in stock, ready to ship, Nitric Boost today at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. You fund the InfoWar. It's so good for your body. Get it while you can. Well, well, nitric oxide is a key. It's made by our own bodies again. It's made by L-citrulline and and L-arginine, the amino acids. So we're fed. You You can get it from beet powder and other things. The nitric oxide relaxes the endothelium, the vasculature. It relaxes the vein. It's a natural blood pressure. In fact, I use the two, your InfoWars. I keep that on my shelf. And I feed myself the Cardio Miracle, which is just for straight food. It's a different formulation than that one in the two together are a one-two punch so you get in your food the ability to make what you need and no more you've looked at our formula you, you like it i did and i do yes well I, i'm not a scientist so, like you what is what do these compounds do creating nitrous oxide what does it do um it relaxes the vasculature so the clot will go through and not restrict it allows it to relax it lowers the blood pressure has the uh, toxic Um, synthetic lipid nanoparticles similar to the one in the COVID shot. We saw athletes dropping dead on the field, um, passing out, falling down, all the things. Why is it particularly the athletes? They're operating at such 
the high level in their mitochondria. This is an energy production, oxygen um, necessary disease because athletes are running, they're constricted, they're, they're working so that the blood flows and it doesn't flow, which is why your nitric oxide um, product, that new products, I hope you'll show it because that's a very important thing to have for acute events, be, uh, dissolve under the tongue, give you an instant relaxing of your endothelium, your vasculature. So get Nitric Boost today at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. Get it while you can. Gentlemen, my guest is Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org. You can follow him on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. His new book is called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom and How to Stop It. It's available right now on Amazon. And, of course, you get into the history, and uh, the history is long and sordid indeed. I mean, a literal century or more of this worming its way into our collective subconscious, into our school system and academia, into media, even into law enforcement. And now it's open. Now it's out in the open, and they're making statements that you never would have thought they would ever make. But they're doing it, and they feel comfortable saying these types of things. I want to go to this video. This is a Canadian member of parliament, and I want to get your reaction on the other side, Alex. Canadian member of parliament, Randall Garrison, saying there's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. Let's go now to clip 26. View this as a parental rights issue at all? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, there's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. There are parental responsibilities. And in Canadian family law, the primary responsibility of parents is to support and affirm their kids. Children have rights in Canada, and these kind of policies restrict the rights that children have in Canada. There's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. How every parent doesn't balk at that, how he even has the, the temerity to say that on live TV. What's your take on this, Alex? Uh, I'm glad you asked, Harrison, because we're seeing now a full-blown war on even the idea of parental rights. They've, they've actually got some leaders here in the United States recruited for this. They have um, a lady by the name of Elizabeth Bartholet at Harvard University. She's the head of the Child Advocacy Project at Harvard Law School. And then they have James Dwyer down at William & Mary, the kind of the dynamic duo of waging war on parental rights. He actually has said the only reason the relationship exists between a child and his or her parents is because the state confers that on them through paternity and maternity laws. This is absolutely insane. This is absolutely sick. And historically, Harrison, the people who try to get between between parents and their children are either perverts who have very nefarious intentions when it comes to those children or they're tyrants who want to brainwash and indoctrinate those children to submit to tyranny. And historically, that has been the case all throughout history. The people trying to get between parents and their children are dangerous almost every single time. And of course, they're not going to say, hey, I want to hurt your kids. Hey, I want to brainwash your kids. Hey, I want to rape your kids. They say, I'm going to protect your kids from you, mom and dad, right? Who loves these children more than their parents? And the answer is nobody on the planet. Of course, right? Every parent knows this. Every child knows this. Every child instinctively knows that his parents love him more than anyone. And so going back a little bit more to uh, Alfred Kinsey, I, I want to just throw this one more thing out there so that it comes full circle and people understand what's happening here. Alfred Kinsey wanted to sexualize children from the time that he could get a hold of them. He said, as soon as we can pry them loose from their mother, they ought to be subjected to sex education. He was working 
And very few people know this, but Dr. Judith Reisman, the top expert on Alfred Kinsey in the world, uh, she passed away recently. She was at Liberty University, a wonderful lady. Uh, she exposed that Alfred Kinsey was working with the Central Intelligence Agency and the Rockefellers on what came to be known as Project MK Ultra. These were mind control experiments, folks. So when you understand that the sex agenda is not about just sex. I mean, yes, they want your children sleeping around. They know the damage this does. I've got books here from people who did studies for the US government showing that uh, promiscuity and, and sex before marriage in children causes all kinds of lifelong problems with, with their mental health, with their future relationship. They know all this and that's why they wanna do it. But ultimately it's even more sinister. Why was Alfred Kinsey involved in the CIA's mind control experiments. When you figure that out, you see how wicked and how nefarious this is. Again, parents, you must protect your children from these people. And that's the thing is that, uh, you know, I know my my fellow parents, I know even, even grandparents at this point, it's like, they're just like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with being gay. If that's the way they are, it's our job to accept them. It's like, how do you get how do you get through to people like, no, this isn't about accepting your child's choice. Your child is being indoctrinated for a very deliberate purpose to destroy their individuality, to destroy their stability, to destroy their happiness. Like, how do you break through the the seemingly impassable wall of like just I just want to do good and not think about the moral as you know, the moral uh, underpinnings of any of this. I just want to be accepting of whatever is happening. Like it's, it's almost hard to explain. It's hard for me to even ask the question because it, it seems so obvious to us because we're aware of, of how this works and, and the psychological games being played. But to most people that aren't aware of this, they just they really think it's their job to change their mindset to fit whatever new horror is introduced, whether it's transgender. Genderism or, or homosexuality in whatever form it takes or furries that, you know, well, my kid thinks he's a cat. I, I have to deal with that. Like, how do you even talk to these people? How do you get through to these people to go, you're not a good person for accepting this. You're not a good person for allowing your child to be led down this road to destruction. How do we get through to these people, Alex? Well, what you were just describing, Harrison, was actually a very sophisticated social change manipulation technique that was deployed back in the 1990s. Um, I've, I've got the propaganda that they used. I cover it in the book. I've, I've used excerpts from the videos they showed children all across the United States in the early 1990s. They had a documentary called It's Elementary, talking about gay issues at school. This was shown to first graders, second graders, third graders, all across the United States in the public schools. And what they do, they actually have a homosexual activist teaching the children, hey, kids, let's be pretend and judges. We're going to think about these bans on homosexual marriage and how mean that is. So let's be pretend judges. Let's put on our pretend judges hats and let's look at these laws that say loving homosexuals who, who love each other can't marry each other. What do we think about these? What should we do as pretend judges? Now, at this time, people need to remember, you know, we, we have this black uh, hole for our history. At that time, Sodomy was still a crime across most of the states. The Supreme Court didn't strike down sodomy laws until the early 2000s in a case against Texas. So that's how radical the social change was. And now to your question, Harrison, how do you get through on these issues? It is very difficult because these children didn't, and, and now these adults, they didn't reason themselves into these positions. What is happening is not education the way a normal person thinks about education. Think back to what Pavlov did with his dogs. 
He conditioned them to have a certain response to a given stimuli. That is actually what's happening in the schools, and parents don't realize this. Their children are being conditioned to have a certain response to a given stimuli. And so they, they call it, for example, social-emotional learning. We want the child to have the value of empathy, and every parent says, oh, great, I, I want my kids to be empathetic. And then what you don't know is they define empathy as supporting abortion up until right before the baby is born, supporting open borders, supporting uh, the destruction of marriage. So they define empathy in a very different way than a normal person would. And then they get to work conditioning your child to accept these highly controversial political, cultural, and social positions on, for example, transgenderism or abortion. And they don't use logic. They don't use evidence to convince them that this is the correct position. They use slightly more sophisticated techniques than what you would use to train a bear to jump through a hoop at a circus. And, and I mean that quite literally. Right. These are conditioning, emotional response techniques. They give them rewards. And now it's all done on devices, tablets, so the parents don't even know. They gather the data. They've got facial recognition cameras that determine what sort of response your child has to a given stimuli. That's processed through the algorithm, through the AI. The UN just had the first AI in education conference in Beijing in 2019. And then it determines whether your child had the right response to whatever the stimuli was. So this is very, very dangerous. And that's why people find it so difficult to talk to these people. Parents say, you know, what happened to my child? They're saying I'm, I'm a, a fascist because I'm a Republican. And, and you show them all the evidence and they just keep drooling like Pavlov's dogs, right? right. It's not a logical response. It's not a response that involved thought. It's a response that involved emotional conditioning. And so deprogramming them then becomes very much like trying to deprogram somebody who's been brainwashed into a cult. It is incredibly difficult. Wow. Yeah. So they're literally like hacking, hacking hormonal responses, giving the dopamine, uh, uh, you know, uh, prize to the kids who do things the right way. It's, it's literally Pavlovian. That is absolutely horrifying. Uh, so we only have about a minute left here, but where are the churches, Alex? Where the hell are the churches in all of this? Unfortunately, the pastors and the elders and the bishops and the, the presbyters, and they, they've all been brainwashed by the same system that we're talking about. So each generation gets worse and worse. But, uh, you know, I actually conclude the book with an afterword going back to the Bible. What does the Bible teach about education? What did education look like in the founding era, say? What can we learn from that and then apply it to our current context? Uh, we need the churches to be active here. And I think that begins with preaching the whole counsel of God. That's what the Bible says pastors ought to be doing, the whole counsel, including what God teaches on education, and it begins with exposing what is happening here. You know, Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. Pastors, you need to take this stuff very seriously. You're talking about making disciples of all nations. You're losing 80% of the children in your congregation. I don't want to know about how you're going to make disciples in Haiti or Laos when you're mm -hmm. losing virtually all the children in your congregation. Pastors, you must take this seriously, even from your own self-interest. Your church will not survive if this continues. You're right. Why Why would it? Why go to church when you can get the same information on MTV or at, you know, at a government school? Man, it is, uh, it's a big issue, but I'm glad people like Alex Newman are, are covering it and taking it on. Indoctrinating Our Children to Death is the name of the book. Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. Available now on Amazon, Alex Newman underscore J-O-U on Twitter, and you can go to libertysentinel.org. Thank you so much, Alex, for spending time with us today, and, uh, and congratulations on the new book and the new kid. Thank you so much, Harrison. It's an honor to be here. God bless you, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. God bless. All right, stay tuned, folks. Alex Jones in 90 seconds. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you on Monday here on American Journal. The enemies of humanity have been very good at dividing and conquering us. 
But if we simply start thinking about things according to the definition of is it pro-human or is it anti-human, we start to win. And that's why I had the idea for Team Humanity. I brought it up to Elon Musk. He loved the idea. What would you call the debate and discussion about a pro-human future? Just Team Humanity? Yeah, Team Humanity. Absolutely. And so we have the T-shirt. Team Humanity with a nuclear family standing against the globalist. This shirt is a great conversation starter, but it also is a fundraiser to keep InfoWars on the air so we can promote and support Team Humanity. I want to thank you all for your past support, but I want to encourage you all now to understand that this is a revolution against the globalists, and it is so critical now to signal the fact that you are part of Team Humanity. We're told humans are the problem. We're told we're killing the Earth. We're told all this garbage so we hate ourselves and stand down and roll over and die. We're not going to do that. Get your Team Humanity shirts now at InfoWarsStore.com, and I thank you all for your support. But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsStore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsStore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a T-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarsstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139.